Bun, the other boys of the band say that you're great, but uh, a little special. Do you know what they mean by that? I'm a special drunkard. I drink too much. What do you think they really mean? I don't know. <laughs> it couldn't be anything coming from them. Do you feel you're a star? No, I see stars sometimes. This time out we're on the trail of the man classic rock magazine called The Greatest Rock Frontman of All Time, who we just heard from there before the theme tune, and who has quite a tragic South London connection. Yeah, indeed. Uh, we've also got the quarantine blues, trips to exotic and faraway places like Cornwall and North London. A bit of news, a whole bunch of dossers, the social media scene, and what's this? The return of the corporate deserter? I know, it's like Christmas. <laughs> if Christmas was blokes wandering around London drinking beer and talking shite. That is my kind of Christmas, to be honest. I'm Dulwich Raider. And I'm Dirty South. And you're listening to the Deserter Podcast, sponsored by Go Out London, who've been busy updating their going out app for the pandemic era. More on that later. So open a tinny, put your feet up. And treat yourself to 45 minutes of absolute nonsense. You're worth it. Sort of. We should do a pub quiz for the first pub. We should. Um, what can we say? We're in Victoria. Yeah, we're in Victoria SW1. And the pub is on the corner of Wilton Road and Longmore Street. It's a toughie, this one, isn't it? I it don't is think a toughie. I think it, um... It's a corner pub established in the 19th century. It's got a royal type of, type of name. And it had a zombie problem at some point. <laughs> Yes, there is a sign saying beware of the zombies. We think that was probably last century though, don't we? Probably, yeah. 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 Yes, it's a toughie. Um, but there you go. Some of them, they're not all going to be easy. Yeah. SW1, Victoria, Wilton Road, royal-ish type of name. Good luck to you. Well, here we are. Yeah, sorry about that was a hard one to start with. We are, of course, in the Prince of Wales, yes, on indeed. Wilton Road, SW1, um, a lovely corner bar. And ordinarily, would have quite a range of decent ales on, but of course, we're not in ordinary times, are we? No, we're on the Guinness. <laughs> yes, like a lot of pubs, they don't seem to have their full range up to speed yet. Yeah, uh, which is a bit of a shame. But uh, for me, it's nice to have a pint. Yes, of course. Of any description. Why, why is that, Raider? Tell because... us what you've been up to. <laughs> because I've been self-isolating. Have you heard about this pandemic? No. No. <laughs> There's this pandemic going around, and um, yeah, when, when my daughter caught it, uh, I was obliged to remain indoors. That is for very four, harsh. For 14 days. Oh, mate, I do feel for you. I'd love to say I loved self-isolation, mm. I enjoyed it, yeah. but it was probably the hardest thing I've ever done. <laughs> And you did put a piece up about it, didn't you? Your, I did put a piece up. Your quarantine diaries. I did. I did think I, you know, I should share my diaries as a public service. Yeah, it's um, a good, it was a good piece. Great fun. If you haven't seen it, it's that's great on, fun. Yeah. Thank you, mate. It's on the deserter site now, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but, it, yeah, it ter- ter- turns out that although I do enjoy doing not a lot, mm. you know, the more the better, um, I also enjoy going out. Yes, yes. Wandering around, seeing things 
talking to people. You're a social creature. Having a pint. Yes. <laughs> these things, these are all very important to me, I realise now. And, I, and my mood altered during the course of the 14 days. I you bet know. you were right grumpy. Oh, I was humpy as fuck. Jesus. Humpy as fuck. Couldn't I see saw the, the diary. Day one was hypochondria. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I couldn't see the point of anything, Vinny. It was a real eye-opener. I'd be a terrible prisoner. Remind me not to kill anybody. Yeah. Unless it's absolutely necessary, like they're pushing the key or something like that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I wrote this piece about it, and you're absolutely right. The first thing, uh, the first uh, phase is thinking you've got it. Mm, you know, of course. Uh, uh, I didn't have any specific symptoms other than the ones I all, always have every morning. <laughs> <laughs> Confusion grumpiness you know it's like limp um, I don't know is it horny a symptom of coronavirus <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah things got a bit better after that my doctor called round and uh, he threw a quarter ounce of weed over the garden wall and um, <laughs> with a wave you know shouting take as prescribed he drove off I mean what a man I love the NHS what a healer and um I got a jigsaw made of my wife. I, <laughs> I discovered a, a, an accidentally quite bosomy photograph of her oh, yeah. and sent it away to be turned into a thousand piece jigsaw. <laughs> Kept me going, I'll tell you that. And um, then the heat wave came just to compound everything. And I was, you know, oh, Jesus. But uh, it wasn't all unproductive because I did do my tax return. Uh, yeah, so while you've been gallivanting all over the UK enjoying yourself, having a great time, I've completed my remittance to HMRC. Oh. Who's the wanker? Uh, yeah? Uh, hey? <laughs> oh. Well. <laughs> is, oh, it's me again, isn't it? <laughs> I'm afraid so. Bollocks. Um, Where did you get to? Well, yes, I missed the heatwave. Was, I was in Cornwall. Did they not have a heatwave in no. Cornwall? No, it was 10 degrees cooler in mm. where we were. Um, I saw Osman was in um, Cornwall and he had to come back because of the yeah, he's fog. A, that's because he's a softy northerner. <laughs> <laughs> really? It's like some fussy aunt had to come back because of the fog. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the weather forecast was poor. It said it was going to rain on six of the seven days, but it actually Shit. only rained on one of those days. Mm. I think because we were on a we were in St Ives, yeah. and uh, you know, it's a sort of peninsula, and uh, it must be very difficult to predict because you're, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're stuck out on the end of the bit on the end of England. Yes, yes. Um, so it was lovely, yeah. Beautiful beaches. Um, yes, it is nice and nice, isn't yeah, it? Lovely yeah. blue sea, beautiful sunsets, perfect. I mean, you can't. I haven't been out for 14 days. Them. You can improve <laughs> on them um, uh, with a bit of stick, sticky lib. Oh, did but you take a little bit with you? I took a little bit with me for the, yeah, for the sunset. For the parenting, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was nice. And I, I, you know, I quickly got into a routine of um, mornings were swimming and reading, afternoons were eating and drinking. And evenings were drinking and drinking. <laughs> so yeah. And then we did have a trip before my lockdown. We did have a trip together, didn't we, to um, the wilds the of north? Yeah, we went to the north, the far north, yes. Holloway Road. Yes. Um, which was lovely, wasn't it? Uh, we went to visit our friend's pub, the Lamb, which is 
absolutely brilliant. Isn't it a belter? Yeah. Uh, he's done such a great job there, Aid. Um, to be fair, it's not the first place that leaped to mind during a heatwave in a pandemic. Because mm. it doesn't have a lot of outside space. No. Only the David Niven Lounge. Yes. <laughs> which is the tiny smoking area yeah, at the back. Yeah. Sophisticates only. Yeah. Um, but when we were there in the day, it was gorgeous, wasn't it? It was all open and airy. I haven't seen it. Like, I haven't seen it in the light before, perhaps. No, it's one of those dark pubs that yeah. really kind of sucks the light out of the, out yes. of the day. And, yeah, uh, it's lovely. lovely. Yeah. Uh, I approached it um, from St Pancras, actually, via a canal walk, uh, via a couple of pub stops, and um, uh, a mate had brought up six litres of Gad's summer ale from the Kentish coast so that was a I'd recommend approaching it like that really it didn't seem to have any left by the time <laughs> you got to the pub <laughs> to be honest it wasn't much left by the time I met it uh, really <laughs> okay, well um, the meat of today's matter is one Bon Scott the erstwhile singer with ACDC um he was their uh, front man, of course, but also their full-on uh, party starter in yeah. chief, by all accounts. And uh, a little bit of bio de- detail, uh, Ronald Belford Scott, as he was known, was born uh, in 1946 in... Do you know where he was born? No. Uh, Scotland, though, Scotland, it? yeah. He was yeah. born in Scotland, Kirimuir. So um, he, emig- he emigrated with his family in '52, but he was born in Scotland. Yeah, and the, weren't the young brothers born yeah. in Scotland as well? They were, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. yeah, they were always thought of as a Aussie then. They were, they're, yeah. Got a Scotsman. Yeah. And uh, he left school at age 15 and held a variety of part-time jobs before becoming a, a musician. He was a drummer come vocalist and had a little bit of success before he had a terrible motorcycle accident. Um, once he'd recovered, he took a, a job driving a little-known rock outfit called ACDC around. And when the band told him they were looking for a singer, uh, Bond tried out and he got the job. So he, he moved from being a sh- their chauffeur to lead singer. <laughs> that was in 19... 19- 74, and he went on to make six albums with ACDC. Uh, lastly, spending time in London with the band, building a UK fan base and a European fan base, and taking up a residency at the Marquee. And there's a quite startling interview in Covent Garden from this time, isn't there, that uh, we've viewed. It's visually startling. Visually, visually startling. Yes. Uh, because it fe- features Bon in Covent Garden, topless, wearing only denim hot pants. Yeah. With a banana in his waistband. <laughs> I mean, the 70s, man, uh, you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> Where did you get that banana, asked the interviewer. Fruit shop, says Bon, before the entire group, then make a mad comedy dash for the nearest pub. It's, it's quite a brilliant interview, quite a brilliant piece, I think. And um, what it shows is that Bon Scott, quite clearly, quite wonderfully, didn't give a fuck about anything or anybody. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, perhaps we can uh, link to that YouTube clip. Yes, we will. We will. Yeah. Anyway, 1977, they toured the black toured with Black Sabbath, um, with Bond becoming, perhaps inevitably, uh, a pal and drinking buddy of Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, 
1979, the band co-wrote their biggest album to date, Highway to Hell. Uh, it went top 10 in the UK, but also broke through um, in the US Billboard, uh, got to number 20, or got into the top 20, and uh, announced ACDC. Um, so there, there we are, uh, in 1979, 1980, Bon Scott and ACDC on the verge of greatness, and then he died yeah. in East Dulwich, of all places. Uh, he was 33 when he died, uh, on February the 19th, 1980. Uh, we're on the trail of his last day on Earth. Uh, well, his last day anywhere, probably. <laughs> and it begins right here in Victoria, SW1. We are on Morpeth Terrace, SW1. Yes, and quite swanky it is too. It is actually, isn't it? These lovely old uh, tenement buildings sort of remind you of like Pimlico and Belgravia I mean you, t yeah. you don't really think of Victoria being like that do you but no uh, but it, it is, is isn't it it's yeah. quite shishy yeah. and we're in the shadow as we stroll up of um, the big Catholic cathedral right Westminster Cathedral in Victoria and um, this road Morpeth Terrace is where Bon Scott lived um, there it is look there's a cathedral. It's oh, pretty it's impressive, isn't it? It is impressive, yeah. yeah. He had a view of that, I think, because he was on the first floor. Well, I'm sure he was a religious man. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's quite appropriate that he was looking out over a cathedral, because one can only imagine the things that went on at Flat 15, Gashley Court, yeah. Morpeth Terrace. The parties, the all-night raves. Yeah. Yeah, he was a massive boozer. Yeah. And... Um, although you wouldn't say that Victoria was a great pub area, would you? But um, you can, if anyone could make it work, I think it was our Bon. Yeah, you'm sure he, you can be sure every pub in this area is, is, has, has felt his footsteps. Yes. <laughs> um, so look out for Ashley Court. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we don't know whether he had a one of these, whether these places are big. They look big. No, it was apparently quite a small flat. Right. Well, it, we know he didn't wear shirts, so yeah, he wouldn't have needed a lot, a lot of wardrobe space, especially with those hot pants. <laughs> Winston and Clementine Churchill lived here. Oh, number fifteen it is. So we've gone past it. Okay. Back we go. Back we go. One to twelve. Luckily, it stopped pissing down. Yes. Two weeks of heatwave, my first day out. Pissing it. Unbelievable. This country, Vinny. Uh, so he was here with his Japanese girlfriend. He was a bit of a ladies' man, wasn't he? Uh, there okay. he is. This is it. Okay. 13 to 24. Yes, he was a bit of a ladies' man. Yeah. I heard that, that story about uh, his, he was visiting two uh, women uh, in the maternity ward, both of whom were giving birth to his 
children, oh. uh, unknown to each other, <laughs> at the same time. Good Lord. Um, well, we're looking up at what might have been his flat. We, we, we know it was first floor. It could be that one there, because he's got some papers stuck up in the window, which could be lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> to Highway to Hell. Or, in fact, he was working, of course, on the next album here. So, he was, Bond was only in ACDC for five years. Hmm. Um, but a sense of the impact he had can be got from the fact that we mentioned earlier that I think it was in, in 2004, Classic Rock magazine named him the greatest rock frontman of all time. And um, Angry Anderson, the uh, singer with Rose Tattoo, a legendary Australian band, mm -hmm. said of Bond, he was a gypsy, a vagabond, a buccaneer, a bad boy, a rock and roll outlaw. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. He just got the party started. And uh, sometimes a little bit too much. He had a reputation for wanting to carry on all the time. And if anybody was out of anything, he'd supply it. Right, <laughs> yes, yes. He'd go and get it, yes. just so the party carried on. And um, it was here in Victoria, in that little flat we look at now as we stand outside, that he started his last day. OK. But first... The news. The news. You've got some pub and beer news to kick off with, haven't you? Yes, the Greenwich Union on Royal Hill was closed for good. Another victim of this terrible disease. Um, it's uh, it's a shame because it did it claimed to be the London's first craft beer pub oh. when it opened in 2001. And it did have quite extensive collection of beers from around the world. Is that the one that's next door to another pub? Yeah, I mean, that's the good news. It's, you know, at least there's a pub next door. Yeah, but it was always great having two pubs next to each other, yes. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah lovely. I love it when they that. cluster together like yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> that's tragic, and I'm sure there'll be some more uh, losses of that ilk. Yes, very sad. Um, and uh, uh, one good thing about uh, the pandemic is that the French house has started doing pints. Oh really? French yeah. Because famously they would only ever serve halves, wouldn't they? Yeah, except, except one day a year they would do pints. April, April the first. Yeah. Um, yeah. Why is that? Just uh, to make well, a just, bit more money? Uh, no, just to stop people having to come back to the bar every, yeah. every five minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's clutching at straws, isn't it? Um, when you're looking at good things in the pandemic, but yeah. that is one thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, what, what, what other good things are there in a pandemic? Well, not passing joints. You that smoke, is great. Smoke it all yourself. Yeah, that is good. Yeah. And then on the other side, of course, Jehovah's Witnesses, they know you're in. What <laughs> <laughs> um, disturbing bit of news was that um, the, the government want to reduce the small brewers' relief that, yes. that really kicked off the craft beer revolution mm. in this country. Yeah, and uh, a group of regional brewers really have, have, have sort of ganged together to yeah. pressure the government. Yeah, know. people that I, you know, I ordinarily have a lot of respect for people like Harvey's and yeah, um, and surprised to see people like well, perhaps I shouldn't be surprised to see people like Beaver Town on that list. Yeah, uh, because they must have started small. I mean, yeah, 
Well, Dark Star as well, aren't they? They were on there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, mind you, they've been bought by someone, they've been haven't they? By yeah. Somebody, so yeah. Town, yeah. Yeah. So it must be their parent who's lobbied. So yeah, this group of mid-sized brewers have joined the big boys to lobby for a reduction in the um, the amount of literage that you can create before you pay tax. Yeah. Which yeah. is going to cost us some good brewers, quite conceivably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, and it's not really the craft brewers that are their enemy, are, are, are yeah. they? It's it's you know it's it's the big uh, it's the big multinational yeah. brewers that yeah. Are, yeah. Are, that have the vast part of the market. Yeah, um, it's very disappointing, and we are, there is a petition against that, and we'll link to it on the on the website. Indeed. Um, we have had some interesting mail, I hear. Oh yeah, Three Kings Tattoo. You know the uh, New York City tattoo parlour? Yeah. Most famous tattoo parlour in the world. Yeah. Uh, is coming to Deptford. And um, so it's now sort of New York City, LA, Deptford. <laughs> uh, and uh, they got in touch and we've been invited along to have a free tattoo. I know. I mean, uh, they, they've done a lot of brand collaborations Nike, Calvin Klein, Vice, Premier League. I guess we were next. Yeah, it's, it's, it's obvious. <laughs> um, what are you going to get? Uh, I thought I'd get, uh, if found, please return to beer garden. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? Um, I was thinking maybe like an aid memoir, perhaps, like my credit card number <laughs> on my arm. <laughs> maybe your name. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or perhaps even an, uh, an L and an R tattooed on each foot, you know, for when you're putting your socks oh, on, that's shoes so on. Handy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, you don't need them on your socks then, do you? No, no, don't need them on your socks. That's a silly thing to say. Yeah. Um, or maybe an inspirational quote. I did see someone once uh, with uh, hang on in there written on their chest, but when they opened their shirt, there was a picture of a, a noose and some gallows. <laughs> <laughs> I might have, I've only had a few ales, officer. <laughs> <laughs> you have one of our strap lines. Yeah. I could see you with shirking class era on your forehead. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else has happened? Oh, with, with our, our sponsor, who is Go Out London, which you mentioned at the head of the show, has um, been adding some new features in response to the new COVID world. Yeah. Uh, this is our sponsor that you can uh, download their app from the App Store, Go Out London. Uh, and they've introduced things like table service, Mm -hmm. contactless pay pre-order so you can uh, you know, your drinks on the table when you get there yeah home and home dining so you can um, get food and drink at home it's, it's like having a butler as an app <laughs> it is a bit isn't it of all, of all the thing of all those additions um, I have to say the table service one is, is another thing I could get used to it's another positive for me it's a pandemic positive yeah I, I never, I'm never going to get tired of people bringing me beer to my table. No, no. Well, I do like standing at the bar, but yeah, I love it yes. when bring, somebody just brings me a pint. Yeah, I mean, there are times for standing at the bar, that is sure, that's for sure. Um, yeah, I like the pre-order one as well, so you just uh, sort of get two pints poured on your table for when you arrive. That's beautiful, isn't it? They're very good, they're very go-ahead, go-out London. Um, in other news, um, you, you alarmed me by, t by referring to a telephone that can tell you when you're drunk. Yes, there's an app being developed, and it kind of uh, 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 it, it, it analyzes your how you're walking and moving, 
and mm. can tell you when you've had, had too much to drink. So yeah. um, I think that's a terrible development and it yeah. may be time to get rid of our phones. Yes, I think that's a good idea, yeah, yeah. What else? Um, there were, I don't know if you saw some protests, uh, uh, road closure protests uh, yeah. in Islington. They're yes. very cross about uh, some local roads being closed. Yes, and what did they do to, to protest them? They um, walked down Islington High Street, forcing the road to close and very be taken over by pedestrians. Very sensible, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so for the fourth week in a row this was protests in Islington about closing the roads and filling them with pedestrians instead involved closing the road and filling it with pedestrians instead. <laughs> Egypt. Do you have any road closures near you? Uh, yeah, we have a. Uh, we do have one uh, that's sort of trying to get rid of a rat run. Doesn't seem to be going very well. Everyone seems to ignore it. Do they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've had stories. Uh, well, I've got lo loads near me. One's in Dulwich Village, Hernhill, Brixton. I mean, uh, to me, they're all a thing of beauty. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I weep when I see them. I weep. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I've seen cars trying to nudge the planters out of the way so they yeah. can get through. Honestly. <laughs> Cars ruin everything. Absolutely. I mean, we both have a car, don't we? And we're all for closing the roads. Yeah, I don't hardly use it. No. Well, we don't want to drive anywhere, that's why. You don't even keep yours in a garage anymore, do you? I don't, no, no. I do have a garage, though, as, uh, as we mentioned uh, last uh, last time out, yeah. which, which we turned into a pub. This yeah, is great news. I don't, know, yeah, I don't know why it works, but it does. I mean, we don't have a proper bar. We don't, you know, the only thing we've got is pub snacks. This is your garage? Our garage. Yeah. And is it? Is it? What? What are the opening hours? Well, whenever we feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, often, a, a neighbour will text us and say, "Can you open the pub?" <laughs> and then, you know, next thing you know, you've got a dozen people bringing their own booze and just sitting outside a garage, um, boozing. And you know, um, and as I mentioned in the in the piece, which was uh, the tiny pub and small beer. Um, because I was, because uh, I've been suffering with gout. I've been um, drinking lower ABV, and yeah, yeah. I did find myself. I was there at one thirty in the morning the other night. Uh, I had loads of bottles and cans, but I was still a bit sober. So, that, <laughs> so something's got to give. Luckily, um, Doctor Moose came to the rescue. He, he uh, my, my doctor, the moose. Oh yeah, Doctor yeah. Moose. Yeah, the moose. He uh, <laughs> got he got in touch to recommend cherry concentrate uh, ah. to uh, ward off gout and so far it's worked it's worked for him and because um, oh, you, tr you did try one cherry didn't you i did try one and it did nothing so um but yeah now i'm trying this now and also it's it's one of your five a day uh or mm. in my case one of my one a day <laughs> excellent and how is it in a pill form or is it actual no, juice it's, it's it's a concentrate and yeah you just yeah. put some water in and, and yeah get it down here yeah, oh. quickly yeah yeah Oh, well, that's good to know. You're cured. Cherry juice. Yeah. I didn't even know. I, like now. I didn't even know the moose had gout. No. Well, he doesn't anymore. Well, he doesn't anymore. No. Um, oh yeah, I love I love the uh, the tale of your garage pub. Um, that's yeah. also up on the site, and um, that's worth a read. What a wonderful thing. You hear about the pubs closing, but you don't hear so much about the pubs that are opening. No, and not many of them are open till till half one. <laughs> you know, not in Blackheath anyway.
Okay, well now, here's a rare treat. It's time for the return of an old favourite, the corporate deserter. Yeah, uh, he was back in town uh, from the, the States briefly. Yeah. And um, while he was here, we got him to record something for us. Uh, for those of you new to the show, the corporate deserter in series three, I think it was. Was it, yeah. Um, he would give us the benefit of his wisdom on work and how to game it. So it would be good to hear his voice again. <laughs> yes, it will, because we are, of course... Uh, obliged to disguise it slightly and he comes out sounding like a cross Dalek. He does a bit, doesn't he? Yeah. Mind you, they're always a bit moody, aren't they, Daleks? That is true, to be fair, yeah. Uh, anyway, perhaps, like me, you've spent a lifetime making do with just enough, but now you find yourself increasingly wondering what it would be like to be wildly, insanely, filthy rich. I am the corporate deserter. I earn a six-figure salary. And I do fuck all. Hello again. Salutations, felicitations, and of course, remunerations. In case it has escaped your notice, we're in the middle of a pandemic, and the ensuing economic disaster has only thus far been avoided by governments around the world throwing money at the problem. Make no mistake, the world has changed forever, and most people in the UK are about to get royally fucked by taxes, Brexit, corporate collapse and unemployment. But not everyone. Some people are about to get rich. And here's how you can be one of them. Historically, after quantitative easing, the posh name for printing new money, when the corporate world is awash with fresh cash in the form of free loans with nowhere to invest it because everything is a burned out fucking disaster, there follows a flight to safety. And move into assets that on the face of it do not seem to have any intrinsic value, but where the risk averse see a safe haven for their free money while the world burns. That's human nature. Pathetic, I know, but there you are. So here's what to do. Sell all your available assets, borrow everything the government is throwing at you, load up on your ices and sips, and buy the following. Gold, silver, bitcoin, and stocks of companies that will thrive in the new world, where we all have to stay in for fucking ever. Delivery companies, Amazon, Peloton, Netflix, DocuSign, Zoom. All a bunch of absolute cunts, of course they are. But if you don't invest in them, you might as well take your cash and burn it in a field or put it in a shed and save it to buy a loaf of bread for ten grand in a wheelbarrow. Because believe me, that's where we're heading. And which side of the fence do you want to be on? Out with the zombies? Or sucking on a mojito by the pool with an outhouse full of coke and another one full of automatic weapons? You decide. I am the corporate deserter, and if it all goes tits up, don't come running to me. Well, good to see he's calmed down a bit. Jesus, yeah. Honestly, he terrifies me. We should probably make it clear that what he says does not constitute financial advice. No. It constitutes the deranged ramblings of a money monster. (laughs) That's the corporate deserter. He does have very nice suits, though, to be fair. Yeah. Lovely shoes, too, I've noticed. Mm. Anyway, back to Bon Scott, and we're jumping in our Renault 5 and heading to East Dulwich. Mm-hmm. So, here we are. Uh, on our way to East Dulwich. Uh, Wikipedia states quite boldly that uh, in February 1980, 
Scott died of acute alcohol poisoning after a night of heavy drinking. Yeah. But that doesn't really tell the whole sorry tale. No. Um, so anyway, after spending Christmas in 1979 in Australia, Bond was back in London in the new year, working up songs for the next ACDC album, and uh, of course looking for people to have a good time with. <laughs> and um, on the Monday evening, he phoned his ex to invite her along to see a band at Dingles in Camden. She couldn't make it, but said she had a friend, Alastair Kinnear, who would tag along with him. Mm. And so anyway, Bon and this Kinnear guy ended up at the Music Machine, a venue just down the road from Dingwalls, at the bottom of Camden High Street. Uh-huh. Um, it's now Coco, and previously, of course, well, you'll remember it, Camden Palace. Yes, of course. It's where you used to go with your you know, beret and your big tartan scarf when you were the leader of the New Romantic Movement. Uh, it's not far off the truth there, <laughs> Raider. <laughs> <laughs> just four years too late. Anyway... Um, <laughs> So anyway, this Kinnear fellow was quoted uh, on the Wednesday, February the 20th edition of London's Evening Standard as saying, I met up with Bond to go to the music machine, but he was pretty drunk when I picked him up. When we got there, he was drinking four whiskeys straight in a glass at a time. <laughs> uh, and then after the gig, Kinnear drove Bond back to his flat in Victoria, where we've just been, but a boozed up Bond had passed out in the car in the meantime and apparently could not be stirred. So Kinnear then drove home, to his home, uh, to East Dulwich, where he lived in a flat at number 67 Overhill Road, which we're just approaching now. Um, Kinnear parked his car outside his home, but Bon still remained unconscious and couldn't be woken up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kinnear said, I covered him with a blanket and left him a note telling him how to get up to my flat in case he woke up. Um, Anyway, Kinnear goes to bed and uh, apparently the next day he asked a mate, probably, I don't know if it was a flatmate or something, just to check the car and the mate said, Bond's not in it. So it was only until, it wasn't until the following evening at 7.45 that he went back out to the car and spotted Bond lying dead in the footwell. He'd slumped forward. Um, Clinton Walker, in his book Highway to Hell, uh, recounted that Bond's body was curled up around a gear stick, his neck twisted, his dental plate dislodged, bile in his throat, blocking his asthmatic windpipe. Ooh. Yeah. I don't know if a windpipe can be asthmatic, but there you go. Um, anyway, Kinnear drove Bond's body to... King's College Hospital in Camberwell, about two miles away, two and a half miles away, and the coroner concluded that the vocalist had died due to acute alcoholic poisoning. And here we are, I think, at the very spot on Underhill Road. Yeah, that's it. Let's go and take a look. Okay. Okay, here we are outside. Alastair Kinnear's flat 67 Overhill Road. Yes, not Underhill. No. and uh, By the bins where we belong. Yeah, I think again it was the first floor. First floor. And, um, and it was in a car just where ours is parked there. Yeah, a Renault 5. That Bond spent his last evening. This was the hill he died on. This is the hill he died on, yeah. 
Uh, and the weird bit is, as we were talking about earlier, um, is that uh, a couple of days later, this Alastair Kinnear guy who lived here, um, allegedly a, a would-be musician, mm-hmm. and a bass player, completely disappeared. Right, yeah. Um, and his flat here was ransacked by persons unknown. Yes. As indeed was Bon Scott's in Victoria. Um, yeah. His video went, his VHS recorder, his TV. And um, I was saying that Alistair Kinnear has never been heard of since, but you, you have heard of him. I, I, I thought... You live uh, with him. I, I thought that he... <laughs> I thought there was a, a death certificate uh, uh, for him in 2015 in Spain. Uh, I, I read somewhere that... Uh, yeah. But he, it, there was a... Yeah, there was a theory that he didn't exist, that, there, you know, that yes. it was entirely made up. We'll never know for sure. Um, one thing I thought was nice in Spain is that um, the municipality of Liganes near Madrid has named a street in honour of ACDC. Really? Called Calle de ACDC. Mm. And uh, apparently Malcolm and Angus attended the inauguration. This was in like 2000. And um, I just wondered if it were, you know, it's something that we might consider in South London. Oh, I thought you were going to say visiting next. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the budget stretches to it, whatever Pompey Dunk says. Um, I mean, couldn't we rename Underhill Road Bon Scott Street? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Or, or possibly n- even name an entire country after him. Could call it <laughs> Scotland. <laughs> well, he was born there, wasn't he? He was born there. Yeah. In a way, they have. That's their, tri- their tribute to him. Yeah. Anyway, um, ACDC... After Bond's death, consider breaking up the band. But they figure it's not what Bond would have wanted. It's certainly not what Bond would have wanted. No. Uh, so they recruit a new singer, don't they? Brian Johnson, who had some success in the UK with the band Geordie, and who's one of whose singles you owned. Yes, all because of you. <laughs> Classic glam rock. <laughs> yeah, the band Geordie could have been, ACDC. <laughs> ACDC go on to make the album they've been working on. And it was, of course, called Back in Black to commemorate Bond's death. Yeah. The album sleeve was black and the album album opens with a tolling bell. Yes, Hell's Bells. It went on to become the second biggest selling album of all time. To date, it has sold in excess of 50 million copies. Bloody hell, poor old Bond. Poor old Bond. Yeah. I mean, there are some there is some talk that he actually wrote some of the lyrics on uh, the, Back in Black. Uncredited. That's right. Yes, I mean, I think all his lyric books went missing in the ransacking. And yes, I think there was uh, some people close to him said that um, he actually wrote. Um, what was it? You, you shook me all night long. Yeah. Which is ironic because uh, if someone had sh- shaken him all night long, he'd still be alive. <laughs> Come on, that's gold. That's gold. And anyway, so here we are in the drizzle, uh, where Bon. Bond's life ended outside 67 Underhill Road, East Dulwich, asleep in a Renault 5 on a freezing February night. As I say, there were some rumours of drug taking, but nothing substantiated. I think just a hard partying, fun-loving geezer who overdid it one night on the cusp of superstardom. Yeah. Um, a very sad end to a life that burned very brightly. Rock on! Um, he was mates with Pete Way um, from the band UFO, who coincidentally yeah. died last week. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, and he said of Bon, Bon was brilliant. You'd see him first thing in the morning, 
he'd get out of the elevator, he'd clap his hands and he'd say, Large Jack Daniels. <laughs> and um, finishing off uh, a quote for, for that Jeff Barton wrote in his classic rock uh, piece, Come Investigation, Bon Scott once summed himself up with the classic quote, They say to me, Are you AC or DC? And I say, Neither. I'm the lightning. <laughs> Oh. Right, should we get out of this rain? Yeah, bloody horrible, isn't it? Let's go to, should we drive to a pub? Oh, please. <laughs> oh, we better do a uh, pub quiz. Yeah. It's quite simple, this one, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite simply the best pub in the world. But you is it? it? You know it. You know it, you know it if you think about it. Um, I've just had a corollary, corollary clue, okay. if I can say it. Mm-hmm. Just in case people don't know it. Yes, it's the best pub in the world, but is it in Catford or is it in Forest Hill? Mm. Okay, we're just going to have a quick look at this. We've heard tell of a, a plaque that sits under the road name for Overhill Road. It's a little bit sad at the actual address that we couldn't see anything about Bon Scott at all. No, no, no. Obviously, it's forty years now, but yeah, no, there's no. nothing to mark that he was ever here no. or died here, except yeah, we left a. Uh, we couldn't find any Jack Daniels, but we've left a, a bottle of Strongbow Dark Fruit, <laughs> which <laughs> I think I don't suppose it was his tipple, but he, yeah. he'd drink it. He'd have it, wouldn't he? <laughs> He'll have it. He'll bloody want to enjoy it as well. And um, we left a bottle there. Although I have to say, Vinny. You drank the other three, <laughs> and um, I had an alarming moment, didn't I? Because when I got back to the car just now, I couldn't wake you up. Yeah, yeah. He, he was slumped in the bloody footwell. History might have repeated. Oh my himself. god! Anyway, he's back with us, and we're off to pub. So, well, we did find a plaque to Bon Scott, didn't we? Um, we did, yeah. Uh, is that uh, look out for it? It's at the bottom. Of of uh, Overhill Road, where it joins Lordship Lane, mm-hmm. and it reads: Bon Scott, 1946 to 1980, lead singer and lyricist for AC/DC. Never forgotten, Nev. Yes, yeah, been who's Nev, or is it just broken off at that point? Never forgotten, never remembered. No, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well done, Nev. If you put well that done, up, Nev, yeah, um, yeah, it was, it was quite nice to find that because, uh, as I said in the car, it makes me feel that we're not alone in our madcap fascinations. Yeah, um, as unlikely as that seems. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, fans, people interested in the demise of Bon Scott and ACDC are, uh, you know, probably a dwindling subset of humanity. I accept mm. that. Mm. But it is a tale worth telling. And anyway, we're now in the pub. <laughs> so everything's all right. So, did you guess the pub? I did. <laughs> we are, of course, at the magnificent Blythe Hill Tavern yeah. on the South Circular Road. Somewhere between Catford and Forest Hill. <laughs> in the nether region. Yeah, we're sitting out in the uh, in the garden, um, pissing the rain. Yeah, honestly, this is August. Mm. Just had a heat wave. Yeah. As I say, I've been out for fourteen days, and I get this. But you've got a pint of hop here. Let's let's look on the bright side. That's right. A uh, beer that um, 
just half an hour ago we were going to be boycotting. <laughs> <laughs> didn't you boycott it? You boycotted Harvey's eight pints in a row, didn't you, the other night? <laughs> I failed to. Yeah. Um, okay, it's time for. You're a bomb dosser. We've got a bumper crop this time, haven't we? Mm. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed uh, Laurent Perrier on Twitter, who um, tweeted some topical shirking. Yeah, oh yeah. He wrote, whenever I get asked to do something I don't want to do, I just answer, in a pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) And it's worked pretty well so far. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I might try that one. And um, another one I like, did you hear that Argos are to discontinue their catalogue I did hear that yeah, yeah it's a bit of a shame but it uh, prompted uh, Henry Jones at H. Jones to recall that a lad I knew at uni used to eat off an Argos catalogue as he couldn't be asked washing plates <laughs> he'd go down and help himself to five catalogues at a time get home he'd open it in the middle dish out his Uncle Ben's korma whatever it was <laughs> onto it and eat it then he'd rip out five pages on each side and put it away for next time. Oh, that's genius. <laughs> that is pretty good. Yeah. Um, that's going to take some beating. Um, yeah, I think you, you get a university place for that. <laughs> and um, at Million Bevs got in touch to say he'd been enjoying Kaiser on Amazon Prime. Oh. The story of... Carlos Kaiser Henrique Raposo, you may recall. I don't. No? He had a vague memory for me. Um, He was a professional footballer who never actually played a game. Okay. By by convincing others of his abilities with help from some of his journalist friends, he moved from club to club, partying hard along the way, but never actually playing football. Wow. Wikipedia says that although his abilities were far short of professional standard, he managed to sign for numerous teams during his decade-long career. Oh, that's brilliant. He never actually played a regular game and hid his limited ability with injuries, frequent team changes and other ruses. He's apparently nicknamed Kaiser due to a purported resemblance to Franz Beckenbauer (laughs) when he was young, although his friend Luis Mirovic claims that his nickname stems (laughs) from a resemblance to a bottle of Kaiser beer. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, he signed for nine clubs, this fella, including Flamengo, Flumenzi and Vasco da Gama. Wow. And made zero appearances. That's impressive. So that sound, does sound like um, worth catching up if you've got Amazon Prime. Kaiser. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to do that. <laughs> yeah. oh, he's, he's writing it down, he's writing it down. I am. Um, not just for giggles, this. This is education. Yeah. This, this show. Um, you, something, you saw something about... Um, Lech Walesa. yes. Um, the former Polish leader, yes. Mm. Um, he declared, I am lazy, he said. Um, he said, but it's the lazy people who invented the wheel and the bicycle because they didn't like walking or carrying things. Yeah, that's very he's true. He's got a point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Bill Gates always says that um, if he's got a difficult job, he employs a lazy person to do it because they'll do it in the simplest way possible. Genius, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Oh yes, and I and um, I, I'm sure you saw that picture on Twitter of the security guard at um, Dodgers Stadium, because oh, yes. um, obviously there's no crowd. Yes. Um, but the security guard was keeping watch 
over 20 cardboard cutouts in the stand. I mean, to be fair, he was heavily outnumbered. But uh, yeah, hats off. That's a job. That's a job. Um, but he was doing it quite well. He wasn't watching the game. He was staring, yeah. standing, staring at the cardboard cutouts. Um, Okay, who's so, your pick? Oh, I've got to say Argos Man. Argos Man, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, thanks, Argos Man. Well done. You're a bomb dosser. Uh, is it time for the scene? Time for the scene. The social media scene? Um, yeah, I got one uh, that was, I was going to say, sent in, but of course it wasn't. It was um, Andrew uh, Buck um, tweeted this, uh, retweeted the story from Wars of Yore. Um, mm. This was uh, a... a Newspaper article from I think 1886 in the Dundee Dundee Courier. Mm. Uh, the headline is: A Chelsea girl breaks the record. A fat and blushing girl from Chelsea has broken the record at Marlborough Street. Her complaint was rum and coffee, and her actions showed how fearfully strong that Chelsea coffee is. So, um, the report of her misdemeanours was as such: Number one, she got drunk. Number two. She got ever so much drunker. <laughs> Number three, she got fired out of a restaurant near the Haymarket. Four, she reached, the reached for the constable's eye with her shoe, which she had in her hand, and the constable's eye is all wrong. Five, she threw herself on the pavement and had to be taken in with the official van. Six, she hit the constable again and knocked his helmet in an illegal distance. <laughs> Seven, she rolled all over the street and part of her clothes came off. Eight, in riding to the station, she yelled and she yelled and she yelled. Nine, she drew pictures on the walls of her cell with a button hook. Ten, they were bad pictures and the damage to the walls is two shillings and sixpence. <laughs> Chelsea girl. Um, well, I enjoyed a... Uh, well, Pom Pompey Dunk drew, drew, drew my attention to some shock on Twitter about postcodes. Oh, yeah. Um... It's not terrifically funny, but I think it is worth mentioning because if you don't know it, it it's, it's a life changer. It's a, <laughs> it's a life changer. And as Pompey Dunk always suggested, less funny, more money. Um, yeah, so it was revealed, obviously to many people to, for, the, for the first time, that the seemingly random postcodes in South East London and other uh, parts of London are in fact numbered alphabetically. Yes, indeed. After the one in each, which is the head district, in SE's case that's SE1, mm -hmm. Waterloo Borough. Uh, and then it's SE2 for Abbey Wood. Indeed. SE3 for Blackheath. Blackheath, where you are. You know, if you, for those listeners that don't know, Vinnie lives in Blackheath and I live in London. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and, and so on. SE4 is Broccoli, SE5 is Camberwell. And um, it explains why you get uh, districts that are next to each other that don't have consecutive numbers. For example, Abbey Wood is SE2, is next to Thamesmead, which is SE28. Mm. Um, it's slightly uh, confused for SW and SE because, of course, as listeners of our previous um, postcode special podcast <laughs> will remember, I'm sure... Um, there used to be an S postcode, and when that was abolished, SE and SW subsumed those districts. So uh, SE starts again after Woolwich with Annerley, Dulwich, East Dulwich, Forest Hill, and so on. Um, but anyway, uh, for those that didn't know, that is why 
the postcodes are so numbered. Can I get back to the funny ones now? <laughs> yeah, so postcode fans, you can go back and listen to uh, the the, uh, the postcode podcast. Yes, it was the Anthony Trollope one. We were on the search for Trollope's Passage, mm. as I remember. Um, what else? On uh, Back to uh, Twitter again. Um, at Dark Farces shared some concern regarding his body weight. He wrote, I've just calculated my body mass index and I seem to be too short. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Uh, Never too late to invest in some Cuban heels, of course. And then, um, finally, uh, did you see who posted it? can't remember no it's on Facebook I can't I've had a look for who posted but I can't find it or I've forgotten um, it was a post about this is particularly relevant to you I think but useful for the rest of us as well uh, exercise for the over 60s <laughs> <laughs> exercise for people over 60 begin by standing on a comfortable surface where you have plenty of room at each side with a five pound potato bag in each hand extend your arms straight out from your sides and hold them there for as long as you can try to reach a full minute and then relax each day you'll find that you can hold this position for just a bit longer after a couple of weeks move up move up to a 10 pound potato bag then try a 50 pound potato bag and eventually try to get to where you can lift a 100 pound potato bag in each hand and hold your arms straight for more than a full minute. I'm at this level. After you feel confident at this level, put a potato in each bag. (laughs) Very good. Yeah, I like that a lot. Well, all that talk of a potato, you know what that's done, don't you? I I do, it's made you hungry, hasn't it? It has. Um, that's fine because we're at the end of the podcast. Should we say rockcast? No, no, let's not let's not say that. Um, but we will <laughs> raise a glass or two to Bon Scott, of course, a rocker par excellence, indeed. So thanks for listening, and thanks to our sponsor, Go Out London, the app for going out in well London. <laughs> uh, we're off to get ourselves tattooed. Yeah. Uh, have you decided what you're going for, yeah? Yeah, I'm going to get a tattoo of my face <laughs> on my face. <laughs> that is quite matter. You? Uh, I'm going to have a drink about it. That's a good idea. Never get tattooed sober, my granny used to say. <laughs> right. Anyway. Uh, for those about to point, we, we salute, salute you. you.